Joe Biden is getting ready to screw screw up the country. It's going to be uh, inaugurated in two days. Uh, first, let's listen to Captain Unity talk about Holly and Cruz and not compare them to Nazi propagandists. This is from Grabian, our friends at Grabian. And it sounds, it's rather long, but I think it's a great way to start up this podcast only because this is the kind of language we're going to be hearing over the next four years. Listen up. Do you think some of them should resign? Should Senator Cruz or Senator Hawley resign? I think they should be just flat beaten the next time they run. I think the American public has a real good, clear look at who they are. They're part of the big lie. The big lie. I was being reminded by a friend of mine Maybe you were with me, I can't recall, when we were told that, you know, Goebbels and the great lie, you keep repeating the lie, repeating the lie. Well, there was a print that when Dresden was bombed, firebombed, there were 250 people that were killed. Or was it 2,500 people were killed? And Goebbels said, no, 25,000 or 250,000 were killed. And our papers printed that. Our papers printed it. It's the big lie. People will know it's one thing for one man, one woman, to repeat the lie over and over and over again. By the way, Trump said that before he ran. If you say it enough, I'm going to convince you. I'll say it enough. The press is bad. The press is bad. The press is bad. The press is bad. If he's the only one saying it, that's one thing. But the acolytes that follow him, like Cruz and others, they are as responsible as he is. And so it's not about whether or not they get impeached. It's about whether or not they help can continue to hold power because of the, the disgust the American people have for their actions. There are decent people out there who actually believe these lies because they've heard it again and again. I was with a friend of mine who's a medical doctor telling me that his neighbor said to him, he lives in another state, his neighbor's a good person, said, but you know, Doc, this is true. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of chicanery that went on in this election. He said, tell me what? Well, I just know there was. They say it is. They say it is. This is a human condition. You say it and say it and say it and say it. The degree to which it becomes corrosive is in direct proportion to the number of people who say it. And so it's interesting to me, and I was pleased to hear some of the more prominent Republicans say to me that the Ted Cruz's of the world are as responsible in terms of people believing the lies as not as responsible, but similarly responsible like Trump. But they didn't say, go to the Capitol. I'll be with you. Follow. That's a different story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all very, very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. This guy is so terrible, so terrible. He has no business being president of the United States. And um, I was going to do, I was going to add a lot of stories, but I've decided let's go over some of the things that Joe Biden wants to do. And then let's talk about socialism, because with speeches like that, this is socialism. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. 
Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, so first things first, let's get over the, the little news. Um, not a lot of problems in Washington, D.C. this weekend. There was a left-wing attack on the Florida Capitol, and there was a right-wing attack on the Michigan Capitol. Neither got a lot of press uh, because they didn't do much. There was an individual who tried to get into the who tried to get into the uh, area where the inauguration is going to be held. He had a handgun at about 500 rounds. He was caught. No issues. So it was actually a pretty quiet weekend. So that gave me a lot of time to come up with um, some of the old Joe's policies, which he's finally beginning to come out. And they are basically the same old thing, same old leftist thing. Well, I mean... He's been saying what his policies are going to be without actually giving us any information, so I'm going to be saying their policies. He's not going to say how he's going to implement these policies or anything, or anything. Um, which is fine. The media doesn't care. His policies will work because the magic policy fairy who hated Trump because he is a racist, homophobe, xenophobe, white supremacist, straight guy will come now that Joe Biden is president and suddenly... She will wave her magic wand and pixie dust and Joe Biden's policies, which haven't worked for 50 years before him or in any other country in the world, will suddenly work. Biden said uh, there are going to be four major emergencies he's going to deal with. And I use emergencies with air quotes. Can't see me, so there's no reason to do the air quotes thing. Um, I'm sorry. They're not called emergencies. They're called crises. Okay, so there's a bunch of crises. So here they are. So this is according to the Daily Wire. Um, incoming White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain vowed Saturday that the president-elect Joe Biden will take decisive action, yay decisive, on four key crises affecting the country during his first 10 days in office. In a memo to incoming senior White House staff, Klain identified the four crises as the COVID-19 crisis, the resulting economic crisis, the climate crisis, and the racial equity crises, and promised Biden would take executive actions to address them. Okay, um, let's take a look at these. The China virus crisis, already pretty much been handled. Um, uh, we've shut down the economy. Uh, we've mastered, we've worked on tracing and testing. Uh, testing is 95% accurate. Tracing worked for a while. It only works in small settings right now. Um, Joe Biden's policies on COVID-19 or the China virus are no different than anything else. Uh, Trump has impaneled the private sector to come up with a vaccine, and they've come up with three of them. For the most part, they're successful. There are some uh, side effects. I'm not exactly sure what old Joe is going to do to make things far better than they were. As a matter of fact, all the problems they're having with the vaccination scheduling have to do with the states. They have nothing to do with the federal government. The economic crisis, because of the China virus, and that's what he refuses to say, Trump already took care of that. 
Florida, Texas, Idaho, and other states have ignored the panicking news media and are doing just great. You know why? They didn't close their environments. Chicago, New York, and other lefty cities and states want to now open their economies because apparently the China virus just goes away when President Trump is no longer in office and when Joe Biden is inaugurated. Um, that will fix the economy when everybody opens up. If people can actually open up. New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Detroit, and other cities in Michigan, they're in trouble because a lot of businesses have closed already. So we're going to have to see how they go. So I'm not really sure how he plans to fix the economy. Now, he's already said he will not raise taxes. That's good. Biden will not raise taxes. But the states have not fallen in that direction. They actually are going to raise taxes, especially in California and New York, where their tax base has closed up. Their tax base is leaving. But, you know, what the hell? Just raise the taxes more. Because viruses like the China virus are political viruses. They know left-wing people and they know right-wing people and they won't infect left-wing people. They will right-wing. Anyway, whatever. The climate crisis, in other words, weather. He's going to change the weather, I guess. Um, maybe when Biden becomes inaugurated, we won't have a hurricane again, hurricane again or tornadoes. It won't be hot and cold again. Um, there won't be droughts or fire in California again. Good luck with that, because most of this is just normal weather, weather changes, and uh, California is a mess because California sucks. That's what it comes down to. The racial equity crisis, this is just taxes, redistribution, and socialism. That's all it is. Trust me, people of color won't see a dime of the evil rich white men's money. Once the government gets the money, they don't give it up. I remember in California, they sat back and, and my ex-wife, who's an idiot, decided to vote for California raising taxes for schools. Uh, and she, she was a teacher. She wanted to be a teacher. She wasn't a teacher until she left me. Long story. I don't want to get into it. Anyway, she sat back and, and said, I'm voting for that. I said, you're an idiot. In our area, we're not going to see a dime of that taxes. That taxes is going to go to other places that for some reason are already overfunded and will in no way benefit. You we will be paying higher taxes for kids we're not gonna we're not going to uh, be seeing and the schools will not get any better. So we she, they voted for some reason, California, a bunch of idiots. They decided to pass this tax thing. And guess what happened? The school that our kids went to got nothing. So uh, it's, it's spare me. The redistribution just basically means the government gets more taxes. It's not going to be redistrib distrib uh, redistributed the way people think it's going to be. And so he also said there are going to be a bunch of executive orders that he is going to overwrite. So here, here, here are some of the executive orders. He wants to sign more COVID-19 related executive actions to order schools and businesses reopened under a now federal health guidelines. In other words, more federal government 
more government control, federal government control. Uh, so let me let me give you a little hint here. The federal government sucks at everything. They have no business saying anything. Let the states open when the states think they should open. And the order also is expected to be um, billions or trillions of dollars. And part of that money is not going to give me or you $1,200 or $1,400 a month or $2,000 a month, whatever asinine amount they decide to pay us. It's to bail out New York. It's to bail out Los Angeles. It's to bail out San Francisco. It's to bail out Chicago. It's to bail out Detroit. It's to bail out cities that have effed up their economies so badly they can't recover. So this stimulus package, which I think is about $1.9 trillion that I didn't mention here, is to bail out effed up run cities that are economically dying. So, like I said, like I said, when the government wants to spend money, when they get money through taxes, and to Joe Biden's credit, he said he wasn't going to raise taxes because he didn't think it would be good for the economy. If that's true, I don't know if it's true. If he decides to over, overrule Joe Biden or uh, Donald Trump's tax plan, he's raising taxes on everybody. All right. The money that you think is going to come to you doesn't come to you. This is the fact. Don't believe the government. Don't believe the federal government. Okay, so that's one. Biden will announce a plan to reunite families separated by law enforcement at the U.S.-Mexico border. This is a weird one. Um, does he mean that Biden will send kids back to their families in Mexico or bring the families back into the United States? Yeah, no possible disaster here. By the way, we'll talk about this. Well, I might be gone for two days because I have to go to court with my ex-wife. That'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, no possible disaster here. Um, just an FYI, there's a caravan coming up through Mexico. Um, to the United States. They'll probably be here a couple days after Joe Biden is inaugurated. This was a problem we didn't really have under Trump. We had it for about nine months under Trump, then Trump fixed it. He dealt with Mexico. He dealt with people. And now we're seeing this whole crap happen over again. I wonder why. Maybe you can tell me why. He wants to unveil criminal justice reform proposals. Not sure how Biden will do better on this point of view uh, than Trump did. Um, I, 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 it worries me when we see prison reform because typically it opens up for people who shouldn't be released to be released. Now, Trump, there were a couple people he released. I wasn't exactly thrilled he released them. I thought that, okay, well, maybe. I mean, a bunch of people that Trump did release, they, they shouldn't have been in prison as long as they were. That gal, that, that grandmother who was uh, trafficking coke, she had a 40-year sentence, um, but she also had a gun, which is why she got the extra time. Um, I thought maybe that was a little extreme under her circumstances, but I'm not 100% sure it was that extreme. You see what I'm saying? I, you you got to look at this stuff, and you got to look at it a case-by-case -case basis. Trump looked at things by a case-by-case -case basis. 
what Biden is going to do is put a blanket thing on everybody. God only knows who's going to be released. I'm not a, if you don't know, I'm not a huge fan of prison reform. I'm not. I think you're in prison for a reason. And it's not to be, it's not to be reformed or rehabilitated. You're in prison to serve a sentence as punishment. So I've got a little different look about, um, about prison reform. I, I'm not a big fan. Announce new strategies to battle climate change. In other words, he wants more regulation that will stifle businesses. Oh, no. Well, no. Small businesses. He wants more regulations that will take us out of being energy independent. Right? He wants to take us out of being the strongest country in the world and make China and India and Brazil and other countries who are shithole countries, make them stronger. In other words, we need to depend on other countries. I'm I'm reading a great book by Pete Hedgesteff of Fox News, and he talks about this, where Biden and the Democrats and the leftists have a globalist view of the world, and this isn't a very good view. And this is why. And in order for our country, which is rather exceptional and not rather, it is an exceptional country and really independent of all of the BS that is happening in the country, in the world right now. The globalist view is for us to join that global, quote, community, end quote, which is bullshit. I don't want to join the global community. I want nothing to do with France, China, India, Brazil, Venezuela. Uh, the European Union. The European Union, by the way, which is turning out to be an absolute disaster, where several countries are about to do pull a Brexit thing. I, I want nothing to do with this. So part of the things we're looking at, no more fracking, which, by the way, was a campaign promise that Biden made he would not do, he would not end fracking, and I guarantee you it will turn out to be a lie. Closing drilling in federal lands that made us energy independent. Why? Because we need to save the horny toad squirrel and lower CO2 levels from all businesses and all citizens. Basically, his plan, when it, the plans of the left when it, comes to, um, when it comes to environmental justice. Read, read Pete Hedgesteth's book. It's really good when it comes to this stuff. Uh, I hope I pronounced his name right. I'm not sure I did. But um, basically, bring us back to the 1700s when it comes to technology and standards of living. We shouldn't be using electricity. We shouldn't be using coal. We shouldn't be flying planes. We shouldn't be driving cars. We shouldn't be um, uh, using oil. Right? We shouldn't be using natural gas. We shouldn't be using nuclear energy. We shouldn't be watching our televisions, shouldn't be using the internet, we should be using trains all the time. And I like trains, but I, they're, not the mo- they're not easy when you want to get to like Hawaii or Mexico, other countries. I mean, this is what the Democrats want. And it's very sad, it's very scary, and you're going to see this stuff implemented. And it'll destroy our economy, it'll hurt our economy. Anyone thinks it's not going to. His regulations are going to hurt the economy. I'm going to make a prediction a little bit later on. I'm going to point that out to you. and I'm going to say, just remember this. 
Because I think he's going to do so much damage in the first 100 days, we're going to see something that is honestly unheard of in the way we're running things on the way things are going in the United States right now. I truly believe this. This is why I wanted Trump. Yeah, Trump's brash. Trump's got a big mouth. Trump says stupid things. His policies are really good. Yes, Biden, no, that's not true. Biden, I was going to say Biden speaks well. Biden speaks to the emotions and crap like, he doesn't, he's an idiot. And he's, he was an idiot before he became senile. But I mean, this is the whole thing. Biden's policies suck ass. And this is going to be a big problem for him and the Democrats in his first hundred days. Now, I've, I've talked about this a couple times, but I want to talk about this in more length. Uh, yesterday, I got into a fight, a Twitter fight, which is just like two little girls, you know, slapping each other. It's it's kind of stupid. And I usually I, I go on for two or three replies and then I give up. And I already know I know I won the argument when the guy keeps replying and replying and replying and replying. I know I won the fight. So. Um, one of the things was about a $15 minimum wage, which Biden pushed yesterday. And I basically made the comment that, um, you know, you're just going to close small business. People are going to be out of work. And this guy started going off on, well, businesses can afford 15. And then I told him the basic schmeal, um, you've never run a small business. It's not that easy. Now I've contracted in my past but I've never run a small business and I already know it's, it's, it's a, it's a bitch. There's just, yeah, it, there's a lot that goes into it. A lot of long days and nights, a lot of money changing hands. You're in the red for a long time. I mean, it's not easy to run a business and then for the government to sit there and say, okay, $15. So we got into this argument. Um, I posted a bunch of links. I posted a bunch of things. Um, I, after three posts, which was longer than normal, the guy said something stupid. Well, uh, no, they can afford it. Okay, when you sit there and start repeating yourself, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so one of the things Biden wants to do is raise the minimum wage uh, to $15 an hour at the federal level, which means you'd have to pay $15 an hour no matter where you are. There's a lot of problems there. Um, that's a great idea to do actually raise uh, the amount, these size of business, uh, raise the amount business has to pay when they're all closed and wondering where they're going to get the income to put more crap on them by making them pay workers double what they didn't have to pay before. So you got a small business, you've been closed. You Let's say you got a restaurant. You've been, restaurants are the prime example here. You've been closed for six months, nine months now, almost a year. And now you not only can't open your business, but when you do, you got to pay your employees double the salary. Great. Okay, here we go. I hate the minimum wage. In fact, I think the minimum wage in this country should be zero. Zero dollars and zero cents. The market should be what determines the value of labor, not our government. The government doesn't have any skin in the game when it comes to a person's business. The government produces nothing. They've never created business. They have no idea what goes into a business. But an employer does. An employer will pay for good workers. The better the employee, the more he will be willing to pay that employee.
If the employer doesn't pay the worker for what the worker thinks he deserves, then that worker will quit and find another job. Here's the cold, hard truth when it comes to minimum wage. If an employee cannot negotiate a $15 wage on her own, that employee probably doesn't deserve a $15 an hour wage. Period. Done. And I'm sorry, it's really hard to convince me that an employee flipping burgers deserves $15 an hour. But there is some real danger with raising the minimum wage when it comes to economics. The cost of products and services will go up. This will slow economic growth and lower GDP. Businesses will cut jobs to meet their budgets, meet their, in some cases, razor-thin profit margins. This will raise unemployment. Employees in specialized jobs, such as my fiancé, who is a medical assistant, will demand a higher raise, a wage. This will raise inflation. Here's what a lot of people don't realize. You know, the more money you make, the more money people make, if everyone gets, let's say, a 30% uh, a raise, that means business has to get that money somewhere to pay these people. So what are they going to do? They're going to fire people or they're going to raise their products 30%. And suddenly a hamburger that you paid 50 cents for back in 1980 is going to cost $3 in 2020. That's called inflation. People are making more money. Businesses need to pay more. Businesses raise prices. And they fire people so that their profit margins can, can be met. Many businesses will close because they require a specific number of employees. But their profit margin is so razor thin, they cannot maintain the business. So if I have a 40-table restaurant, I can't have two or three people actually working that restaurant. I'm going to need a full staff. And if I cannot afford the 15... This is restaurants. This is restaurant now. I have to pay for cooks, busboys, um, dishwashers, waiters and waitresses, a maitre d', a manager, unless I'm, I own the business and I'm managing. And I'm running... I have to pay for food, food that goes bad if, if, if people don't show up. If I have to suddenly pay my employees from $7.50 an hour to $15 an hour, guess what's going to happen? Well, I can't run the business without this number of employees, but I can't pay this number of employees, close the business. That's what happened to the, biz the restaurant right down the street. People about thinking, uh, about, uh, thinking about starting new businesses will be less likely to do so because the starting cost is just way too high. That's a thing. Businesses disappear, except corporate business. Because here's the reality. Um, Joe's Hamburgers down the street, 
There, it's actually not called Joe's. I just can't remember what his name. That burger's down the street that's run by a bunch of 20-year-olds. They are actually the owners of the restaurant. They'll have, they may have to close. But you know who will keep open? McDonald's, Burger King, Jack in a Box, Taco Bell, um, and the like. They'll stay open because they're big corporations. We're going to talk about those big corporations in a few minutes. We lose choice. We lose options. I don't eat McDonald's. I don't eat that stuff, KFC or any of that crap, because I'm trying to lose some weight. Actually, I've lost some weight. I'm trying to stay in shape. But I'm suddenly losing choice. And then I decide, you know what? I'm just going to go to the grocery store and cook it. This is what's happening in our economy. I find it amazing that this is an issue when uh, raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour when unemployment is up because the country is shut down because of the China virus. I'm going to keep saying China virus because no one seems to want to blame China for this mess. We might actually see unemployment rate. Remember this. Remember this. We might actually see the unemployment rate actually go up when the economy is reopened. We are currently at a 7% unemployment rate, maybe a little more. But businesses are going to be struggling even if they reopen. Remember, there is a lot that goes into a business that has that have been closed for a while. It's almost like these businesses have to start fresh, like they're a brand new business. There's inventory that needs to be replenished, which requires money, based on the expectation that you will actually have people coming to your business. So if you're a restaurant, you want to be positive and assume you actually have customers coming in and they will you will need extra food. And that's with the cross your fingers, the people actually do show up. There's delivery of that inventory. That's going to go straight up because delivery right now has been limited. Suddenly, these delivery companies are going to really have to ramp up. And then you've still got the problems with the being able to give that kind of inventory. So let's just say tomatoes. If, if business has cut down on their tomatoes by 75% because they don't have the number, the growers are going to cut their inventory by 75% because it costs them more to just throw away tomatoes. You've got a problem there. New marketing strategies, because the business is now open, whereas before it was closed. New regulations for the China virus that need to be met. For example, you have to be six feet apart, maybe plexiglass. Everyone has to wear masks and face shields. Hey, the employee is not going to be supplying that. It's going to be the business that has to supply that. Finally, the hiring of new and former employees. You didn't have to pay them before. Well, you kind of did if you wanted any kind of support, which really never came from the government because the government sucks at everything and they're going to F it up. I mean, all this stuff, this is money that needs to be spent by the business and the business may not have it. Now they have to worry about not only doing all this stuff and having the money for all that, now they got to worry about paying $15 an hour, double what the minimum wage is throughout the country. And then the other problem is, what about places where the cost of living is actually quite low? What about Arizona? What about Colorado? What about Idaho, Texas, Florida, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Alaska? Places that 
the cost of living is actually quite low. And a $7.25 an hour or a is, is a quite comfortable wage. We're now going to artificially create inflation in those states? Listen, I, the federal government should have nothing to do with a minimum wage. State governments should have nothing to do with a minimum wage. Let the businesses handle it. They know the, they know the deal. Now, why am I getting so... And we've already seen this not work. Seattle has a $15 minimum wage. Portland has a $15 minimum wage. I think San Francisco has a $15 minimum wage. Chicago, I'm not sure. But I think Chicago has a $15. I, I'm not sure. But those states are, those cities are suffering economically. Seattle is in the trash hole. Their unemployment jumped like 5%. And that's a lot considering the number of people in those cities. Why am I getting so passionate about this? I'm getting so freaking passionate about the minimum wage because this is part of the democratic plan and this is where we get into how socialism grows and festers and becomes a blister and becomes a freaking whitehead on the nose of life. They like the Democrats like sticking it to small businesses. Democrats love big corporations. They pay their taxes, they accept regulations. Half the time the big corporations push the regulations. Do you know why they do that? Because they want to eliminate the competition and their competition comes from more innovative small business than it comes from another big corporation. They want to kill those small businesses so that they have the the monopoly. They want small business to die. They want less competition. They want to be monopolies. Democrats want unemployment. They want people to suffer and depend on the government to survive. That way, people become subservient to big government and will do whatever those in power want, including raising taxes and accepting, even accepting, a loss of their freedoms. By the way, this isn't conspiracy theory. None of this stuff I'm talking about is conspiracy theory. This stuff has happened. And we're going to get to that. But this stuff has happened before. It's, his, it's history. It's economics. It's not rocket science. This is how socialism works. Margaret Thatcher, the former Prime Minister of England, said the problem with socialism is that you eventually run out of other people's money. This is one of the sayings I will never forget. I will quote often. The minimum wage is going to damage the economy. People will lose their jobs. They will be, go on government assistance and get decent money. A bunch will not even go back to work. Unemployment will go up. More people will go on assistance. The government will have to raise taxes. Raising taxes will, uh, uh, because businesses will cause businesses to lay off more people to keep their profit margins. Or the businesses will just close together creating more unemployment. More people depend on the government, more tax raises. Eventually, the government can't get more taxes. The rich leave the country, or they're no longer rich. The rich who do not embrace the government, much like Donald Trump, will have their wealth taken, or worse, be prosecuted and condemned. When the government can't tax, they take. They take wealth, and commandeer business, making that business property of the state. 
This will cause a lack of production, lack of innovation. This will make the economy stagnant. The only thing that moves, which is okay because nobody has any money because they don't have jobs and they can't get their government check because the government's run out of money, so they can't buy the innovation anyway. The only thing that moves the socialist economy is unemployment, GDP. The only thing that moves in a socialist economy is unemployment, GDP, innovation, and misery, and they all move down into hell. They don't exist anymore. Only the government's power grows. When the government has no more money, they discard all the benefits they promised. They don't care. They have the power. People begin to have problems getting basic necessities. Inflation makes prices go through the roof. Stores can't afford inventory. People will begin to lose their patience. They'll begin to revolt. Those revolting will not be armed. Remember, the Democrats don't want the Second Amendment. They're fighting. Remember Joe Biden? He's going to take on the NRA and fight the NRA? Yeah. Those protesters will be seen as traitors. They'll be arrested, prosecuted, and thrown to jails, prisons, concentration camps, gulags. By the way, this is an abbreviated synopsis. But it's not by much. It usually takes about, I don't know, five years for it to be implemented and everything goes south in a country. We know this. You know why? History. This same process happened under Mao in China. This same process hander, uh, happened under Mussolini in Italy. It happened in Germany under Hitler. It happened under It happened in North Korea under Kim. It happened under Lenin and Stalin in the Soviet Union. It happened under Castro in Cuba. And most recently, it happened under Chavez and now Maduro in Venezuela. People are eating dogs and cats in Venezuela. A, a loaf of bread costs 5,000 uh, Venezuelan dollars. I'm not kidding. This is happening. Setting a high minimum wage isn't the only thing that creates this mess, though. I'm just saying it's it's part of it. And the reason I think it's real important we stay away from a minimum wage right now is because businesses are falling apart. But there are lots of things that the Democrats want to implement that actually will lead us down the socialist path. You tell me if any of this sounds familiar to you, okay? Government-controlled and socialized health care. Control of institutions such as the media, education, entertainment, business, and the economy making it so the population can't be armed, ending free speech and censorship, condemning those who do not fall into line with the government line. Cancel culture is what I'm talking about. Encouraging people to tattle on each other, separate people into groups. This creates discord. It did not, it, and groups typically don't unify against the common enemy. In this case, it would be the government. Why do we separate blacks, Hispanics, whites, gays, trans, men, women into their own little victim group? It's because if we all saw the real enemy, we'd all band together and the real enemy, which would be the government, would be in big trouble. Demonize and eliminate the opposition. Eliminate religion. Government has to be God, and we can't have a God outside of government. Heavily regulating government ownership of business. Fascism. Control the courts. 
I mean, we're seeing that. Let's pack the court. Let's pack the Supreme Court. Let's pack the federal courts. That's what Democrats are talking about. Eliminating minority rights. When people talk about eliminating the filibuster, they typically don't understand that what that means. It is a path. It is a minority right to filibuster. That's what's there. Republicans are the minority. If they are having a problem with the law, they'll filibuster to try and get that law overturned or get it to expire. But if you're not allowed to filibuster, it means majority wins every time. Now, the question I have is, well, I answered a couple of them, but does this sound familiar? Sounds like this stuff's already out there. It's already happening. And it's not a small scale anymore. It's happening big time. I do look at the raising of the middle wage. I, I do not look at the raising of the middle wage as just a bad economic policy, though it is. I see it as a way to slowly, through one detail at a time, take over the population through dependence and increase of government control. It's a very bad thing that might not look so dangerous on its own. But when combined with all of the different leftist policies, it's horrifying. Please read a couple of books. Uh, Animal Farm, The Gulag Archipelago, Pete Hedgeff, um, Hedge, I, I can't, you know, Fox News contributor, Hedgeff's book. Uh, I can't remember what it is. Let me look it up here. Hold on, give me one second. I'm going to look it up. American Crusade. And it is Hedgeth. I just may not be able to sound good on it. Ben Shapiro's The Right Side of History and Three Easy Ways to... God, I can't remember the name of that book. How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps. All this stuff is there. It's horrifying. Hedgeth actually is, is good as he goes into detail, whereas Ben Shapiro kind of gives you an overview. Because culture is downstream of politics. So, for example, if the culture is saying you can't say a man is a woman and a woman is... You can't say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman and they don't... Culture says you can't say that. It eventually becomes political. That's what people mean when culture or uh, culture is down or um, politics is downstream of culture. Uh, ben Shapiro re really brings that up. Hedgeth brings that up a little bit, but not as much. So read those books. They're really great. They're actually really easy to read. And if you have Audible like I do, you can go on your 10-mile run and listen to the books. Okay, that's it. You can follow me on... Nah, F Twitter. You can follow me on Parlor, which is, apparently is opening at Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Twitcher, and YouTube. You can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I'm really surprised I went this long, but I'm kind of passionate about this stuff. I hope you guys have a great day. I'm going to be gone for the next couple days because I'm traveling. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>